In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be seated. So, we continue our, our uh, sermon series on questions Jesus asked, answered, and avoids. And there are a few questions that Jesus asks officially questions, because they have question marks within the parable. But really, the first one, uh, I'm sort of taking poetic license, uh, because even though there's not a question mark when the disciples say, Lord, teach us to pray, like John taught his disciples to pray, you sort of figure it's more like a question, like, will you teach us to pray? I can't imagine most disciples sitting with their rabbi just making commands of doing this, although who knows. But anyway, we're calling this a question, right? Will you teach us to pray or teach us to pray, please, which is also a question then, right? So, because most importantly, I think that, that in any case, this is one of those instances where Jesus responds. Jesus replies. He doesn't avoid. He doesn't turn the tables. He doesn't challenge back with something at the disciples. Instead, he just tells them, when you pray, pray like this. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we, for, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not in temptation. This is a prayer that's, that's a powerful prayer. A prayer that's a familiar prayer, obviously. And a prayer that we pray every single time we get together. Whether it's for morning prayer, or evening prayer, or Compline, or the Eucharist, or a wedding, or a funeral... Whatever time it is, even when we go into the chapel and pray the Stations of the Cross, we end with the Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer that's in every single one of our services. That's why sometimes an annoying facet of the prayer book, when you're flipping, it says, and then turn back to page 364 for the Lord's Prayer, so we don't have to print it over and over and over and over again, because we're always doing it, right? It's the prayer of who we are. We call it the Lord's Prayer. It might better be the disciples' prayer. It's the prayer that we pray as disciples of Jesus. And it's a prayer that's that's um, teaches us not just not just how to pray, but but in the manner that we should be praying, not just the words that we should be saying, but the attitude that we should possess. One of of um, sort of aggressive submission, right? We're, we're, we're praying submissively to God, hallowed be your name, but we're asking aggressively, almost boldly, for, for things that we need. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins the way that we forgive others uh, who sin against us. Lead us away from temptation. Keep us safe from all the things that would cause us harm. Right? It's, it's, it's bold in, in the things that we ask God, but we're still coming before God. And this is the way that we are 
to pray. To come before God um, with, those, with those needs that we have. The things that, that bless us each day um, and every Give us this day our daily bread. And, and of course, this is while we're while we're we're seeking the things that we need, we're not we're not going entirely overboard. Although you can certainly pray. And I'll say, give us this day our daily surf and turf or our daily cheesecake with strawberries. Or, you know, we're 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 give us the things that we need, God, but that doesn't necessarily stop us from from being overbold in our prayers anyway, any more than it stops children from asking for overbold things from their parents. Why don't, what would you like for Christmas? I'd like a pony. You know, I'd, I'd like, you know, a new flat screen TV for my room with Xbox and everything. I'd like, you can ask whatever you want. I would really like this scorpion we'll get to. No, maybe not a scorpion. How about a goldfish, right? Or something like that. Um, but it also describes that who God is. And Jesus sort of continues that in this parable of the type of, of not, only, not only the type of prayer that we should ask, praying for the kingdom of heaven to be here, just as an aside before God. In, in many ways, this is exactly like the prayer or, or, the, or the prayer that fits perfectly into the commandment that we talked about last week. What is the greatest commandment? The greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This prayer sort of meets both those things, right? You're loving the Lord your God. Hallowed be your name. Bring forth your kingdom here to earth. Come God to us. While forgive the way that we forgive others. It invites you to, to go through this healing process of, of melding our wills to God's will, that God's kingdom comes upon us. That even when we pray for, for our daily bread, even when we pray for something outlandish, God can sort of heal us um, in our mind. But, but this, this, this parable that Jesus says, which of you, if he has a friend, will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed, and I cannot get up and give you anything. There's the question, it's a long question. It's a big long thing, he sets the scene. Which of you can imagine going to one of your friends in this, this, this uh, culture of hospitality being the most important thing, and you've had someone come into the village, and you have nothing to set before him, and you go to your friend and say, friend, loan me three loaves of bread so I can be a good host. And that person says from within, I'm sorry. It's late. My children are in bed. The animals are all locked up. I can't get up and give you anything. Who can imagine anybody saying that? That's the question. The question um, is sort of rhetorical, which is why Jesus just goes on. The answer is nobody can believe that. No, I mean, it might seem reasonable to you. Maybe we're not in a culture of hospitality. We are, also, we are in a culture of we love our kids. So which of you can imagine that a poor kid is knocking on your door saying, help, I'm lost, 
I don't have anyone, I can't find my parents, I don't know where I am, and you saying, I'm sorry, it's late, the door is locked, I can't, you know, help you at all, my phone's, I, I have no more minutes left on my cell phone plan, I can't call the police and help you. The answer is no, right, no, nobody, it's a ridiculous thing, obviously, not because of, we often put this on, we often put this, this strange word that only occurs once in the whole New Testament as, as um, uh, shameless, as, as impudence in this Bible. Other places it's persistence, I think we read. Other places it's boldness. The, the, the translation is really something closer to shamelessness. And we put it often on the person doing the knocking but in reality, if you look at the poetic structure, it's really for the person who's behind the door. He's not going to get up and give him something because he's his friend. He's going to get up because of his shamelessness or because he doesn't want to be shamed before the community. He's going to get up and give him whatever he needs. Because if he doesn't, if he gives this ridiculous answer, what's going to happen is um, by morning time, the whole village will know that he did not get up and give anything. It'll be all over Facebook all over social media. Everybody will know that he didn't do, do anything, right? I just, I just saw the little, like this little thing the other day where a guy decided he was going to drive his daughter to skip the carpool line and drive her on the golf court cart to school and drop her off. And by the time he got home, his wife said, you are all over Facebook for what you did. Everybody knows that you skipped the line with your golf cart. And so... The point is that Jesus is making to begin with this. This doesn't have anything to do with, with, with um, friendship, per se. He's going to get up and give him whatever he needs. He's taking, he's taking a, familiar, a familiar scene in that culture and saying, you can go to anybody in the village, and you know they'll give you anything. Because if they don't, they, you know, their name will be ruined before, before the whole village. That's people. Imagine God. Imagine God. God's name is bigger than your neighbor's name. God's name is bigger than your name. Imagine God. And this is, this is Jesus leading right into this with prayer. Not only should you pray this way, you should pray knowing that you can go to God any time, any place, and He will do anything. He's always there to listen. And then He says, I tell you, ask, it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For anyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, We'll give him a serpent instead, or an egg. We'll give him a scorpion. There's the other question, right? No, you won't. Back to us. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, even though you're evil, even though you're sinful, even though whatever the word you want to put it, even though you're not perfect, even though you're not God, how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to people who ask Him? How much more will God pour out the Spirit of God upon those who seek, for those who knock? How much more will God be willing to 
help you to love your neighbor as yourself, to help you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, how much more will God be able to give you your daily bread? Because God's name is greater than ours, right? And so this is what Jesus is, is saying today about prayer, not just how we should pray in this prayer and with aggressive submission, but then with confidence and boldness and eagerness that the Spirit of God may be upon us. That we may be led, as, as it says in, in 1 John that we read today, that we'll, be, that we'll be like God. That we shall be like Him because we will see God as He sees us. And that we'll be purified as God is purified. And it continues on to basically say that God abides in us, and we in God. And then the whole world might see God in us because God is living in us and through us, and this is what the Spirit of God does with us. And so, and so we come with this prayer boldly. Um, and this is the way that we draw near to God, not just through the Lord's Prayer specifically, but all the prayers that we pray. This is the relationship that, that draws us near to God, which is, which is different, right? There's a, I don't remember what the song is. There's a song right now. It's like God's not there just shaking his head, right? God's not there shaking his head at you, ready to judge you, wondering what you've done wrong, looking at all the things and just shaking his head. God is, is one who's extending God's arms to you, his love to you, his spirit to you, always like a parent to a child. And Jesus is trying to get this across to the disciples. This is, I mean, we're, we're sort of used to this now, considering we've said our Father who art in heaven forever and ever. We're used to God as, as Father but this is radical for this time. This isn't just, just this distant God and covenant God and God who's had, you know, who loves Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and we need to do sacrifices and all of, of this. This is a God who's come near and dear, who sent forth his son into the world. This is a God who's, who's for his name's sake, will give us. Those, those things we ask primarily the Holy Spirit. And so we come, this All Saints, especially um, Sunday, and, and um, rest in the fact that we have been made saints of God. Right? We pray specifically for those saints who have gone on, but we pray and we lift up all the saints that are sitting right here today because we are the saints of of God, we are the multitude of the saints of God. And God, um, in that, we don't, we don't think about the fact that, um, that we don't have to necessarily perform um, some sort of great miracles or um, be martyred or um, all of these other things that we often think of for saints, people of ages past, who do amazing and wonderful things. Yeah, we may, we may never get canonized. We may never have a special day 
for us and celebrated in the church. But when the Spirit of God lives in us and works in us and through us, we are made um, God's children. And that is an amazing and glorious thing. Not because of anything that we've done or because of any great work that we have, we've fulfilled, but simply because of God's love for us and us receiving that love. And allowing the spirit to abide in us and work in us and through us. And so, um, because it is um, All Saints Sunday, we are going to um, renew our baptismal covenant with one another. And um, live fully into that reality that we have been made God's chosen. And uh, then we will be, uh, after, we, after we renew our covenant... We will um, bless the waters of baptism and um, will be sprinkled with holy water as a, as a reminder of that baptism and reminder, indeed, that we are uh, children of God, who uh, we can approach fearlessly before the throne of God and ask boldly for those things that we, that we desire and seek, um, knowing that God will give us, indeed, our daily bread. Amen.